أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآله محمد So to last session uh, he started speaking about the tawakkul and uh, today what we want to do is go through seven points that he mentions in regards to this tawakkul that we talked about so tawakkul meant to take someone as your wakil. A wakil is a person that knows how to do something better than others for you, and even for your even knows it better than you. And so you will trust them with a certain uh, responsibility to help you take care of things for you. So uh, what was mentioned was that this tawakkul comes after a person has a deep yaqeen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or else one might be able to say that you can't even have proper tawakkul if you don't have yaqeen we probably will talk about that a little bit today as well alright so we're going to start listing number one number two just go through these points inshallah today that number one he says as was said tawakkul like real tawakkul will only be real if it is in a context of pure Tawheed. So he mentions this verse. I like what he does here. This is Surah Tawbah verse 129. In this verse it says, Okay, so here, uh, this Prophet who is speaking to the people or is trying to get the people to turn to the right path. It says, if they turn away from you, so tell them, Hasbi Allah, Allah will suffice me. La ilaha illahu, there is no Lord but Him. Alayhi tawakkalt. I have tawakkul in Him. Okay, so what happened here? It says, first you say, Hasbi Allah, La ilaha illahu. That's the first part. This is the context, this is the environment that you have to put yourself in first. That you acknowledge and understand that Allah is the, the one that will suffice. There is no Lord but Him. Once you take care of that, then you say, Alayhi tawakkalt. Now here saying, it doesn't mean that you verbalize it necessarily. Or even if the, the Prophet was to verbalize it, what is meant here all in all, what matters is this belief. So, once again, Tawakkul is not going to be real tawakkul unless you've made that little environment in your mind. You've put yourself in that context of tawheed first, then you do tawakkul. That's why last week, if you remember that story of Ayatollah Baha'uddini that we ended with, we talked about how he said for one person to do a certain thing that looks like tawakkul, is tawakkul, but for another person that same act is going to be stupidity. Why did he say that? Because some people don't have that much yaqeen, okay? They have not reached that yaqeen yet. Yeah, what was the story? That uh, one of our teachers told us this story, that if uh, that someone, they, two people came to Ayatollah Bahauddini, they said, you know, this one says lock up your car or tie your camel and then do tawakkul. The other one said, I don't feel like I need to do that. I have this yaqeen that Allah will take care of it. 
The first one says this one's stupidity. The other one says no, this is actually real tawakkul. So Ayatullah Bahadini he says it's tawakkul for him, but for you it's not. Meaning what? Meaning it's it all goes back to your yaqeen in Allah. Now the Prophet, he says Hasbi Allah. He really knows that Allah is the one that suffices. But I will explain this in the seventh point as well. We'll come back to this a little bit. It all goes back to mindset really. Or else in practice, whether you do something or you don't do something, it shouldn't really have an effect on how you see it. We'll talk about that later. All right, so let's move on. That's point number one. That the only way tawakkul will make sense is when it is done in that context of tawheed. Without it, really it is stupidity. Even if you're going to tie your camel, even if you're going to lock up your car, in a sense it still might be something that doesn't make sense to do. Because you're still not going to be sure that that thing is going to be taken care of. All right, let's move on to number two now. <sighs> One of those places that he says tawakkul will show itself and really manifest is when you are in the minor or the major struggle and fight. Now, he gives a, ver a verse for each of these two. He says when Prophet Nuh السلام, he was ordered to go against um, the people of his time. Uh, he says something which is interesting. Whenever I see this verse, I, 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 like, I really like it because it really does illustrate the ultimate tawakkul. It says, tawakkaltu." He is ordered to tell the people that he's relying on Allah because as you probably all know, or I've heard Prophet Nuh, he didn't just he didn't just build a boat or an ark. Prophet Nuh, he got they say he would get beat up by his people. They would attack him, they would hurt him and assault him uh, because of what he was doing. It's not like they were just like mocking him, oh look at you making a boat in the middle of the desert, <laughs> right? Um, but what ra rather they say that no, they would actually attack him and hurt him and all of that. So what happens is he he is a minority. Prophet Nuh, I mean, they say after how many years? 950 years, how many people actually joined his cause? Like a handful. So he wasn't successful if you want to go by numbers, you know, although that's not what matters. But according to some, because all that matters to them is numbers, that it didn't really, it wasn't seen as a, you could say he wasn't very successful at what he did. All those years, that's how many people followed him. Yeah. So some people will say, oh, he wasn't that successful. Although quantity doesn't matter here. Quality matters here, of course. All right. So anyway, it's not like everyone loves this person or no. The worst that you find is that mock him. No, they were actually attacking him. But look, in this context, he says, tawakkalt. I am taking Allah as my wakil. Bring together whatever you've got. Bring it on. Okay. Now here, Ayatollah Jawadi, he says that this was he was ordered to say this. I don't know what the what what the, what what Allah had in mind, but if this is true that Allah told him to say this to them, it's going to be very hard for someone to do something like this. Even though you know God has your back, you really have to have that yaqeen, or else it's hard when your back is against the wall. Yes, and the people are just waiting for an excuse to attack you, hurt you, and so on. That you tell them. I put my trust in Allah, do whatever you want, bring it on, whatever you can do, I don't care. It's a lot. This is this the minor struggle. So in the minor, minor struggle, that is one of the places that tawakkul shows itself. 
doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily win the battle. We'll talk about that some other time in some of the other points. But all in all, yeah, it's something big. Or the great struggle, Jihad al-Akbar. إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ سُلْطَانٌ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ Surah Nahl verse 99 That sometimes you're not fighting the outer enemy, it's the inner enemy or shaitan. And so here, this great, this great struggle, even here you have to have tawakkul. And then here, so shaitan is being told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an. So this is like a cheat code. And we've spoken about this before as well in our last session. That if you want to overcome shaitan, don't just go out there beating your chest and be like, you know, I have that self-confidence. I will be able to. Allah has given me the resolve and free will to fight shaitan. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, still put your trust in Allah. Who says the Quran says, إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ سُلْطَانٌ He has no dominion over anyone except for who? Or excuse me, he has uh, he has no dominion over this group. amanu one, the ones who have faith. yatawakkalun, and have tawakkul in their Lord. Didn't say uh, the ones who have resolved this and that. Of course, that has to be there. But what is shining in all of this is the tawakkul part again. So, to be able to help yourself against any enemy, in any form of struggle. Always have that tawakkul. I mean, this is what I was thinking about today, actually. What's going to happen is going to happen anyway. Might as well have tawakkul too, right? If you remember, I said that in the Hawza, we joke about this sometimes. We say, you know, I can't figure this out anymore. Like you're stuck in something. You can't figure it out. You say, looks like we have no choice but to have tawakkul in Allah. You know? No, no, let's not be like that. And we joke about that. It's not like we're, we're actually thinking like that. But... Uh, this should not be serious ever that I'm going to only have tawakkul when I can't figure it out on myself. And that's something that Ayatollah Jawadi explained last in our last session. We talked about it. Tawakkul is not for when you can't figure it out. Tawakkul is even when you have figured it out. So that's what's really shining in all of this. I know what I have to do to be able to defeat shaitan. Good for you, but still have tawakkul. It didn't say, He has no dominion and power over the ones who have faith and have figured things out for themselves. It didn't say that. It said the ones who have tawakkul and it didn't specify if they figured it out and they have tawakkul or they haven't figured it out and have tawakkul. So all in all, you have to have tawakkul, whatever it is. And these are all part of the test. These are, a, these are all part of the growth for us. We figured things out in life. We figured things out in the struggles that we have. All of that, good for us. Still tawakkul. Point number three. And so these aren't very sequential either. These are random points that he says I'm bringing just to complete the discussion on tawakkul. He says that uh, we have hadith that says everything has its limits, meaning the highest point of something or the end of something that you can't go farther than that, the best that it can get, I guess. In this hadith, the imam mentions what that highest level of tawakkul is. So what is the hadith? It says that Abu Basir, he's famous. He, Imam al-Sadiq tells him, Laysa shay'un illa wa lahu had. There is nothing except that there is a had and limit and boundary for it. Had sometimes means boundary, sometimes it means definition. It can be both here, but Ayatollah Jawadi has taken it as boundary or the end of something. And then, you know, he, what he's trying to say is the highest level of it. Anyway, so this person says, okay, 
He asked the Imam, فَمَا حَدُّ التَّوَكُّلْ What is the limit of, or that, the end and the, the, the furthest you can get with tawakkul? قَالْ He said, yaqeen. Okay, so then Babu Basir says, فَمَا حَدُّ الْيَقِينَ <laughs> what, is the, what is the farthest one can get with yaqeen? And he says, أَلَّا تَخَافَ مَعَ اللَّهِ شَيْئًا The sign that you've got it right is that you, with Allah, you have no fear of anything else. So that's a sign. That's the sign of tawakkul, brothers and sisters. That you have no fear. So we have to go back and see, uh, re, you know, just give ourselves a little bit of a uh, reality check here. See how much uh, we fear things in life. Doesn't necessarily mean enemy here or something that is is endangering us, is endangering us or anything like that. All in all, and I speak for myself. All in all, what are our worries? What are our fears? And then ask ourselves, do I have Allah with me or not? Well, if you do, inna ma'ya rabbi sayahdin. The Quran says that I think it was Prophet Musa, if I'm not mistaken, who said, "I have my Lord with me; He'll show me the way." So. If a person doesn't have this tawakkul because they have fear of things, then it shows that their yaqeen must have a problem. How do I strengthen my yaqeen then? Well, the Quran speaks of a group of people who only fear Allah and don't feel any, fear anyone else. Who are they? We have two verses here. Verse number 28 of Fatir and 39 of Ahzab. إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهِ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ You want to know who are the ones who only have khashya and fear of Allah and nothing else? As a result of that, they have tawakkul. Or another verse, this other verse, الَّذِينَ يُبَلِّغُونَ رِسَالَاتِ اللَّهِ The ones who uh, spread out and preach the messages of Allah. وَيَخْشَوْنَهُ And they fear Him. وَلَا يَخْشَوْنَ أَحَدًا إِلَّا اللَّهِ And they don't fear anyone but Allah. So what is uh, the common denominator in all of this? The first one says, out of God's servants, the ulama are the ones who only fear Allah. Here it says the ones who spread the message of Allah. Who are they? Usually they're the prophets, imams, scholars, and alims. Alim here doesn't mean maulana necessarily. Alim here means dhu ilm, a person who possesses knowledge. So these are the ones, it says, that will only fear Allah. So in other words, if I want to have fear of Allah only, so I don't fear anything else, I have to be an alim. What kind of ilm are we talking about here? Hawza ilm? Not necessarily. What we need is knowledge of the deen. Where do we get that from? We get it from the Qur'an, man. I don't know what we're doing. It's so beautiful, the Qur'an. That's what I like about this uh, book, this um, uh, Stages of Akhlaq because it's called stages of akhlaq in the Quran, right? He's, he's, he's using the Quran for, for this purpose. And I don't blame us necessarily, because when you have the Quran in front of you, you have such a raw material that you can benefit from in so many different ways. And sometimes, so you, you need to be guided. We need to be guided and helped. Some, someone needs to take our hand. And that's what makes these thematic tafsir books so interesting. It's because They'll take a theme and they'll, they will do the research and take out all the verses that will help us understand what Islam has to say regarding that theme. But at the end of the day, it's in the Qur'an. 
It's where that's where it starts from, brothers and sisters. I just said re reciting, 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 tafsir of the Quran, understanding what the verses say, you know, taking maybe a lesson per page of the Quran, even, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, so that we we're more familiar with the book. So anyway, it says you want to have proper yaqeen, you have to have proper knowledge. How do I gain proper knowledge? Of course, through this. Now, will knowledge only suffice? We've talked about this a million times. Real knowledge is the one that's backed by amal, for sure. Okay, you can't be lying, cheating, stealing, but have knowledge. That's not a, a, a scholar, Islamically, or an alim Islamically. Alim is the one who acts upon what they know. So, to wrap this point up. The Imam says, Tawakkul, the end of it is Yaqeen. That's, well, what, what's the end of Yaqeen? The end of Yaqeen is fearing nothing but Allah. Who are the ones who fear nothing but Allah? The ones who have ilm. What kind of ilm are we talking about? Ilm of Allah, ilm of Tawheed, ilm of Deen. That is what matters. And then backing that up with, of course, Hamal. Okay. The next point he speaks about is he says when we look in the books what we find hadith books we find that sometimes tawakkul is put next to tafweed tafweed it's put next to rida are these the same are these different he says no these are different stages of spiritual growth and so if they have been brought together in one chapter of hadith books maybe it's because the hadiths have mentioned both of these or all three of them in one hadith or else these are not the same thing tawakkul no matter how great we're speaking of it right now and highly we're, we're we're mentioning it it's not it's not tafweed he says and not rida tawakkul is you take someone as your wakil to get what you want done tafweed is you hand everything over and you say you get it done the way you want now sometimes they get it done the way they feel they need to, you won't be happy with it. You won't be radi of it. And so sometimes you hand it over and you say, no matter what, I am happy with what you give. Okay, so there's three stages here. Tawakkul once again means I give it, I hand it over, I'm expecting something. I'm not handing it over, I'm taking them as my wakil and I'm expecting a certain result. Tafweed means that I'm not taking I'm not making this person my wakil. I am telling them that you are the person that makes all the decisions. You're the one who it's all yours in other words. When you have a wakil, you're still the main person. This is what I want to explain a little bit. So when I like for example, if I want to get married, I tell somebody, you're my wakil, marry me this marry me marry me to this person. That means I'm the main person here. You're just someone on this side who's going to take care of things for me. When you do tafweed, it's as if you're making them the main person, okay? There's a little bit of a difference here between these two. But you still might not be happy with the ultimate outcome. Rida, on the other hand, means not only do you hand everything over, but you're also satisfied and happy with whatever the outcome is. Alright, so he says these are not the same. These are not the same. But sometimes they're mentioned next to each other and interchangeably. Just keep in mind that these are not the same. And so he gives an example of a hadith that actually does that. The famous verse of Surah Talaq verse 3. It says that um, one of the imams was asked about this. 
that what does this mean? Whoever has tawakkul in Allah, Allah will suffice them. He said, tawakkul in Allah has different grades. One of those is that you will rely on Allah in everything of yours, all of your affairs. And it also means to be happy with whatever comes up and comes out uh, about, is brought about of all of this. And that you know that Allah will not keep any khair away from you and is not, has no shortcoming in regards to you, to you. And that you know that in the end it's going to be what Allah wants and you hand everything over to Him and you do tawakkul in Him, you rely on Him and all that. So you see, He brought all of those terms into, the, into one sentence here. Ayatollah Jawadi is just saying, look, if you really want to get particular here and you know in this study in this mystical studies and all of that they will put a difference between these two they're not the exact same thing although sometimes in the hadiths especially when the the people that are asking these questions are simple people the imams are not going to get too technical some might even argue that these technical terms came up later these are made later or else during the imams times these things weren't the lines weren't the, that uh, strictly drawn between these different concepts all right which brings us to the next one which is kind of connected to the previous point point number five he says that so from from what, what we get from that hadith right in the beginning the imam says there are different stages and grades of tawakkul itself okay and so here he explains how tawakkul sometimes the grades different grades are based on what your ultimate intention of tawakkul is some people do tawakkul so that they can gain what they want and it's very good they have a desire a wish whatever it is they know and have the yaqeen that Allah can help them and only Allah can help them in achieving that and so they will make Allah their wakil that's great but he says you go up that ladder of these different grades of tawakkul you reach a point where there are some whose their tawakkul they're only doing tawakkul so that they can attain liqa'ullah and reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is their ultimate goal in doing tawakkul itself. He doesn't explain it further and I kind of didn't understand what he means by this. Now you can think about it. What does it mean that I'm doing tawakkul? Um, meaning what? I have some affairs that I need Allah to help me in. I take him as my wakil. But... The ultimate intention that I have is to reach him in this tawakkul that I'm doing. Not to necessarily fulfill the wishes that I have. Something along those lines he's saying. And it's going to be very close to this next point that he also brings up. So maybe we can tie these together. Point number six that he brings up is that tawakkul, sometimes you get what you're doing tawakkul for. Just like when we do dua. When we do du'a, sometimes we get what we wanted and did du'a for, sometimes we don't, correct? But all in all, we have achieved something on the side. This is important. When we do du'a, du'a itself, uh, du'a itself is an ibadah, okay? And so here, tawakkul, he says also, in addition to reaching that wish that we have, in addition to that, sometimes it's we are also achieving what? Ibadah itself. As a matter of fact, even if I don't reach what I wanted through tawakkul, I did reach something. What is that? Ibadah, number one. Number two, he says, uh, needlessness. Ghina. Another one, izzah. 
Sometimes you do tawakkul because you need something. But Allah in return gives you what? Gives you ghina. You become needless of that thing. Think about it. Is it better to need something and then attain it? Or to not even need it in the begin to begin with? And so, of course, to not to need it in the be to begin with. To be that strong, to be that great. To not even need it. So here, you'll ask yourself, well, where are you getting this from? Where are you getting this from? That needlessness, if that's the word, I don't know what the word is. Or I don't want to say self-sufficiency because that's not what it is either. Just needlessness of something. You don't need it. Or izza, where are we getting this from? If we do tawakkul, who says that this is going to come no matter what? Well, we have two verses in the Quran. Surah Fatir verse 10. Man kana yuridu al-izza falillahi al-izzatu jami'a. Whoever wants izza, honor, greatness, all greatness is with Allah. In other words, you take him as your wakil, you'll get that. You turn anywhere else, you won't get it. Izza only belongs to Allah. Izza, that honor, that greatness. Or ghina. I want to be ghani. I want to be in need of nothing. I want to be wealthy in a spiritual sense of the term. Well, ya ayyuhan nas. O people, antumul fuqara. You're the poor ones. In Allah. Poor meaning in need of Allah. And Allah is the all-sufficient, all-praiseworthy. So go to Him, connect to Him, have tawakkul in Him. Surah Fatir 15. Alright, so these two verses are telling us this. And also there's a nice hadith here that says, Imam Sadiq, he said, Ghina and Iz, these two things we're talking about, they go and they wander around looking for somewhere to settle and reside. فَإِذَا ظَفَرَ بِمَوْضِعِ التَّوَكُّلِ When they find the abode of tawakkul, meaning what? If you have tawakkul in your heart, when they find it, that's where they will settle and rest. So where does tawakkul, where does izza go? Where does ghina go? Wherever Allah is. And if I want Allah, what do I do? I do tawakkul in Him. Alright. And the last thing that, uh, not the last point, but the last, so we have three things here. In addition to me gaining what I'm after, when I do tawakkul, we have three more things. It's an ibadah itself. It is a uh, izza for me. It's a ghina for me. The last thing is that it's that um, Allah will be will suffice me for sure. Qatiyatil, uh, Allah being the hasib for sure for me. That's the fourth and last thing that we get out of it. Even if we don't get what we wished for or we wanted Allah to do for us. He will suffice us in one way or another for sure. And then he brings this hadith. Man This is from? Doesn't say. Yeah, Imam al-Sadiq. A person who is given three things will not be deprived of three things, the hadith says. Whoever is given dua by Allah will be given ijabah by Allah. That, Allah. that means Allah will answer him. Whoever is given shukr and gratitude towards Allah, Allah will give them Abundance, ziyada, more. And whoever is given tawakkul will be given at least this, kifaya. Kifaya means that Allah will take care of them. In one way or another, Allah will take care of them. So or I didn't get what I wanted. I made him my wakil. Oh Allah, you're my wakil. I want to achieve this and that in life. And I know I can't do it without you. And so he says, that's very good. Then this is different than dua. As I said, sometimes you do dua. 
Okay, <laughs> you do dua. Oh Allah, do this for me. But then in, your, in the back of your mind, you're like Oh Allah, you or so and so and so and so. If they do it for me too, that's good. You know, that's like that's very low. That doesn't count really. Tawakkul means in your mind even you're saying Oh Allah, it's only you who can take care of it, not so and so and so and so. Only you. Yet still there, you don't get what you wanted. Yeah. Here, Allah is saying that you will get kifaya at least. Kifaya means that when He takes care of you and He is the only one that you need. All right. So someone will say, wow, what a nice hadith. Whoever is given dua will be given ijaba. Shukr ziyada. Tawakkul kifaya. Where did you get this from, Imam Sadiq? He says, the Quran. Because the hadith goes on. He says, have you not read Quran? It says... Whoever has tawakkul in Allah, Allah will be enough for them. So if I tell you whoever is given tawakkul is given kifaya, that's because the Quran said it. I'm just repeating what the Quran said. Or what about the previous one? Shukr and ziyada. He says, the Quran says, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِدَنَّكُمْ So I'm just reminding you what the Quran said. Or he says, the Quran says, Ud'uni Call me, I'll answer you. So I'm just repeating what the Quran said here. When I said a person who's given three things by Allah will not, will not be deprived of three things. That's actually just the Quran. Different verses of the Quran, I brought it, to, brought, brought it together for you in one hadith. That's what he says. So that's the fourth one. That, okay, ibadah, awesome. Izzah, awesome. What was the other one? Ghina, great. And Allah, at the end of the day, he sees that I did tawakkul in him. He says, I will take care of you. In one way or another, I will take care of you. As I said, whether we like it or not, that which is supposed to happen will happen. Let me at least have God on my side. Imam Hussein is going to get killed eventually. But at least he has God on his side. Something, somewhere, sometime, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in the favor of Imam Hussein. So this is what I'm saying, like, even if you want to be secular about it, just be like, whatever God wants is going to happen anyway. So let me at least make the most of it. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these guys, um, you know, they run into problems sometimes. It always happens when you're 17, 18, you kind of like somebody. And then you think about marriage and stuff. And so it'll come to me. And it's not working out because the parents are letting, aren't letting it happen and, and other issues. And they're like, but it's just perfect. I'm like, yeah, well, the fact that it's not happening shows it's not perfect. But even if it was perfect, okay, make the most of this opportunity now, now that it's not going through. And I know you're heartbroken and all. I can see the tears. At least in this moment that you're brokenhearted, talk to Allah a little bit more. At least develop a relationship with Him. You know it's not going to happen anyway for at least another two, three, four years if it ever happens, that what you want is going to happen. At least make the most of this opportunity. These are opportunities, okay? Um, when things like this happen and it's beyond our control, the least that we can do is make the most of the opportunity. At least have God on my side. At least let me gain God in all of this a little bit more. Let me at least do dua to him and say, oh Allah, you see how heartbroken I am. Do something about it. And if he doesn't, at least he's listening to you and he's going to take care of something sometime, somewhere later. <clears throat> That's the greatness of tawakkul. So you can get five things out of tawakkul but guaranteed four things. If you're lucky, well, that's not the right word to use here. You'll also get what you want him, wanted him to do for you. Even if you don't get that, there's four other good things that come out of tawakkul. All right. And the last point, point number seven. 
And, uh, you know, once again, I just keep saying this. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sitting up here talking about this like I know what I'm talking about. No, no. I'm just like everybody else. I just have to say this. I should never think or no one should ever think that, yeah, you know, I've taken care of this. I should tell the others to do this at the same time. No. When the time comes for me, I will be the first to fail the test. Just saying. <clears throat> Point number seven. Going back to, it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning that I said we'll talk about towards the end. That tawakkul is one thing, but you have to also do what you need to do. This is uh, from Sharh Manduma, the famous uh, Sabzawari. He says, Tawakkulun an tada'al amra ila muqaddir al-umuri jalla wa'ala. He has a little po po poetry here. وَلَيْسَ هَذَا أَن تَكُفَّ عَنْ عَمَلِي إِذْ رُبَّ أَمْرٍ بِوَسَائِطَ حَسَلَ Which means that tawakkul means that you leave it to the one who's taking care of everything, the, the Immaculate One. And it doesn't mean that you refrain and abstain from doing things yourself because God knows how many things are out there that will only take place with the Help of wasa'it. Wasa'it means media. Things that are in between. You have to do your part. In other words, we've talked about this before. I was actually kind of surprised that he uh, he brought this point up again. I, unless we were talking about it and it wasn't in the book last session. But he brings it here. He says he makes sure that you have to do your part. And yeah, he, he did talk about it with that very nice line of his that we mentioned last week. That when it says, tie the camel and do tawakkul, doesn't mean tie the camel or do tawakkul. It means tie the camel while you are doing tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'aqil mutawakkilan. Not i'aqil wa tawakkal. Although the hadith, I think that's what it said, but he says what is meant by the hadith is do both, have both at the same time. I'aqil wa tawakkal. Yes. Okay, so with that, we are done with tawakkul. And then inshallah he moves on to rida, which as I said is higher than tawakkul. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Any questions? When it comes to tawakkul, does the rule of Yeah, yeah. I think that this rule does apply. So he's asking, um, does the rule of fake it till you make it apply to tawakkul? Um, we have this idea in other, uh, when it comes to other akhlaqi traits of an individual. For example, you want to be halim. The the verse the, the hadith says tahallam, which means act like you're a halim person. Halim person means a person who doesn't get angry at all. Like, if I'm not mistaken, that's what they'll say. That's the difference between sabr and hilm. Sabr means, okay, you bottle it up. All right, you're angry, whatever, you bottle it up, though you have patience. Halim is a person that's like at another level. And so they, it's very hard to make them even angry for them to even have sabr. Anyway, the hadith says, if you're not halim, then tahallam, at least act like you're halim till it becomes a reality. Or... Um, when you're out with people that you're not supposed to be with, for example, the hadith says, it is that close that you being with them may, will make you one of them. Meaning what? Meaning, although you're not as bad as them, for example, but just 
acting like them, being with them, will eventually equal you becoming like them. So yeah, I would say fake it till you make it. But at the same time, when you're faking till you're making it, some people get stuck on that part and they forget that they need to stay humble because they haven't made it yet. <laughs> some people, they, they, they apply fake it to make till you make it too much to the point that they still haven't made it, but in their mind now they feel like they've made it. So you have to remember, in my very humble opinion, that you're still faking it. And it might take 10 years, 20 years, maybe God knows how long it'll take for me to actually make it. Yeah, this happens all the time, even with, you know, uh, you see this all over the place with different things. People will lecture about Islam. And when you speak to them, they'll say, yeah, I know, like I haven't had any formal education, but you know, these are basic things that I'm speaking about to the people. And then after a while, you feel like they're faking it a little too much to make it. And now they think they've actually made it. They feel like they're, you know, they feel like there might be like a grand scholar or something when they're speaking. Grand scholars didn't think that they're grand scholars. And then you're thinking you're a grand scholar. Well, at least the way you sound and the way that you are uh, passing verdicts on things. So uh, you find this all the time. We need to stay humble, inshallah. And just remind ourselves that we're faking it. We're faking it. It's all fake, brother. You know, in the end, it's all like... The moment you feel, the moment you say, I made it, that's that means that you're still faking it, you know? That's why for us, inshallah, we have to reach a point where we don't even care about these things. We don't think about it. It's not a thing for us. We are oblivious to it. We do it once. We say, you know what? I know I'm not there. I'm going to fake it till I make it. But then after I start, then that's my policy for myself that I'm going to be faking it till I make it, inshallah. And I keep reminding myself, Allah, Allah, Allah. Then I don't even think about, have I made it yet or have I not made it yet? Don't worry about it. Who cares if you made it or not? There is no making it, you know? The the journey continues for forever. And so, yeah, that's all I can say, inshallah. Anything else? All right. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.